the line is that for every illness on the planet, there's there's a plant to help it. You know, farmers knew how to do this. You know, my pe- yeah. my teachers in Peru don't have maybe past a third or fourth grade education, and they're like, they I would consider them to be doctors. Yeah, you know, by the plants wow. they know how to use and the, the therapies they know how to because, work on. Right, they know the antiseptic stuff. They All of the, it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, COVID didn't even touch them. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another podcast of the Abundant Souls. Today, I have a very abundant soul and a plant whisperer, medicine maker, Ralph. Thank you for coming. Yeah, it's a pleasure, Jack. Heck yeah. It's an honor to have you, man. It's really good to see you. It's been a while since I've seen you. Yeah, man. Yeah. So tell me, what have you been up to? What have been up to? I've been working with the plants, you know, in various facets. So lately, um, planting out a little bit of a nucleus of, you know, the the trio of bananas, yucca, and papaya, kind of getting those going. Nice. Mm-hmm. Staple crop. Exactly. Tell people about because I know you make medicines too, and you do so many things. You mm-hmm. travel. Mm-hmm. You know what? What uh, are you here for a while? Like, are you working on some plant projects? Yeah, I'm actually leaving soon, which seems to be something I'm saying often, but. <laughs> Uh, Where to Peru? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm leading a group down there for some dieta work, some some journey work down there, some healing work. Cool. Dieta, what's mm-hmm. that all about? We're moving fast. <laughs> <laughs> we go deep. I'm aware. You only have an hour. You got to make the most of it, right? That's right, man. With um, so yeah, the dieta process is like essentially the word means to diet, right? But in our understanding, it's like we see it as like a like I'm not going to eat pork for a week or something like that but in the deeper context dieta is a way of fasting with the plants so i like to relate to the story of like christ 40 days um on the mountain you know mm. it's kind of like that it's like the amazonian version of wow. um fasting but with plants fasting with the plants with the plants so in the sense that each plant has a personality right and so I guess that's enough to be a given right there and worthy of an explanation. But each plant has a, a way, let's say it like that, or a mm, spirit to a it. A spirit, for mm-hmm. sure. And so the fasting with that makes you open to what is there. And that plant helps you in a very unique way. And so there's people that diet plants for their whole lives, my teacher being one of them. And they collect these personalities and understandings and ways that they work with different people and different disease processes, um, physical, mental, and otherwise. And so, yeah, I've been working with that way for the past um, 11, 12 years. And this is like the first organized group I'm bringing down to experience that. They've been asking me to Congrats, go. Congrats, dude. Yeah, thank you. Cool. It's going to be good. So it's like a detox, like a cleanse mm-hmm. with the plants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So you take the plant medicines during the ceremony or the, is it just with the, like, with the plants? It's kind of like, it's a little of both. So, you okay. know, in the morning, in the very early morning, preferably around like five, you know, even earlier sometimes, you would start with your infusion or a cold extract of your herb. Um, you know, and it can be anything as simple as oak. You know, if you were to diet things in Florida, you can diet mango. You can diet any any of these living beings that are all around us. And down there they have their own, you know, Rolodex of plants. Got it. And so you drink that in the morning and then you'd immediately take a bath, a cold bath. And then from there, you kind of just live your simple life that you're subscribing to, which is like very simple. And so it's like, you know, in the Western way of having so much at our fingertips, mm. going without 
is a medicine in and of itself, you know. Facts. Yeah. So And this is music to me, bro, because I'm so in mm-hmm. the matrix, man, mm-hmm. if you will. Where I do I do uh, you know, appreciate and definitely want to let more of that into my life where living without. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a balance. So Facts. People, you know, mis misunderstand yeah. sometimes that it's about like running away or like hiding in the cave, you know. Mm. But it's about being in both worlds. So it's a great, it's especially true. especially it, for men, like to have that time to kind of like reflect and go in, where generally we don't offer that to ourselves, you know, where yeah. women have that kind of built in if they allow themselves to have that monthly, right? Mm. We have to kind of carve that time out and make it for ourselves, which I find to be critical. That's a beautiful point. Mm. And you could go extreme both ways, you're right. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're too much of a hermit, you're like, wow, I want to go be with people. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, so like one foot in, one foot out. Mm-hmm. dancing so you go deep into the forest the amazon jungle mm-hmm. tell people about it are you with like the actual indigenous people mm-hmm. yeah i've been visiting and staying with and have made like deep relationships with uh the witoto and yagua people they're particularly my teacher don luis pinedo and his wife sarah um he's witoto and she's yagua and they married so it's like two two tribes coming together in a way wow and um i met them years and years ago and I go down there every year if I can spend some time there, at least at least a month, if not many more. So last year I was there for uh, three and a half months. And yeah, it's an incredible place. Very simple, very rustic, um, very rural, and not too far out. You know, it's only like an hour from the city, but you feel like you're well away from everything. Gotcha. So it's a good like uh, first step for people to like go out into nature. A little bit more, you yeah. know, because it's like for that, it could be like the deepest anyone's ever been away from civilization. Totally. Um, but yeah, they're a largely sustainable, regenerative community without any of the taglines or um, yeah. hashtags. <laughs> Permaculture group? At 110%. <laughs> but because and they have to, you know, not because it's like cool. It. And that's it. You know, they're doing largely the staple crops in like they a- have to. acre to two acre clearings, um, rotating them every 10 to 15 years. The cassava that you're talking about. The cassava, banana, plantain, uh, tons of papaya. Yeah, those are the main ones. And then lots of chickens. You know? Yeah, and then lots pigeon of, peas? They have them in the markets, but they don't. I haven't seen the people I know growing Got them. It. I'm trying to work that in. Cool. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, we all have stuff to share with each mm-hmm. other, right? Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. You yeah. bring them plants as well. Yeah, I do. I bring them cool. gifts and they, they share gifts back. So it's like it's been this really beautiful botanical highway of exchange mm-hmm. that I feel like to me feels ancient and very appropriate. Like, yeah. And you've given me plants from there. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's beautiful, man, the plant mm-hmm. network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's endless. <laughs> I love it. It really inspires me because, you know, a lot of people, and it's not it's not good or bad, it's just that a lot of people go to these places getting a lot, and I feel like after getting so much, I felt so filled with that, and it's like how to, how to return it in a way that's appropriate, and not thinking like, oh, beautiful, um, this is what they need. It's like, what do you want? Yeah. You know? Because a lot of people Most go to these places. Most people don't define even what they want. Right. Well, that's go, a beautiful question, bro. Yeah, and like they go to these places, and they bring like, you know, the NGO, nonprofit, like, we're going to build you a greenhouse in the yeah. Amazon. And people inflicting their will exactly and right. so instead of that i go like hey what are you looking for and they're like new plants new fruits mm-hmm. i'm like oh i got you enhance what they already got going yeah. man so it's like stre- stretching the season of edibility and and the harvest and things like that so like bringing in new things we brought them kasturi 
a new one for there. Wow, tell um, us about it. You know what I'm talking about, right? Custuri. Is yeah. that the... Magnifera custuri, it's another mango species. So oh, they can handle right. the wet season. Like It needs a wet season like they have. That's right. It, it needs more rain, you know. So they live in the, like in the super tropics, and mangoes fruit very infrequently um, because they need that, like, either that defiant, like, cold trigger or that dry trigger. Which we have here. Which we have perfectly here, That's right? That's it. And they, they have, like, huge mangoes, man, like this, that are, like, you know, sometimes just evergreen and don't, they'll set flower and then the flowers fall off because it gets hot again. So it's so interesting how different plants, I'm just getting excited that here do this thing. You go to Hawaii or you go here, does way different, does a way different thing. Yeah. Even, they, even West Palm, the Loxahatchee, right? Like they have trouble out there sometimes with flower rot and like right. the more humidity being inland. And yeah, it's amazing. It really is. What else do you grow out there, man? Like you were telling me about abus. Like, what do you guys got in the Amazon? Yeah, what is your, your the, what Ooh. do they grow there? Abu, they call there they call it caimito. So interesting. It's like you know, it's funny. I really love this. Where my favorite, some of our favorite stuff is like the rare collectors and fruit stewards and stuff. It, are there weeds? <laughs> like, I love it. Like strawberry tree, we sell. What is it like fifty bucks for a three gallon, <laughs> sixty bucks, bro? It's in the city streets, growing through sidewalk cracks. Yeah. Um, it's a weed. It's a hundred, not even a weed. It's a super weed. Like it's everywhere. And people geek out about it here. Yeah. yeah. And so I tell my teacher that I'm like, tell my friends on there. I'm like, you wouldn't even I believe, mean, <laughs> you know, you don't even get it. And I mean, I did. It's just so funny, man, how we grow up. Exactly. Like we didn't, we didn't grow up with that. Mm -hmm. So it's exciting. We're 30 years old eating a <laughs> strawberry tree <laughs> and then, you feel like you're two years old again. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's really funny. And then. Yeah, what else do they have going on there? One of their main things are the palm fruits, which, you know, besides coconut, which is pretty well-known, there's um, aguaje, which is a really big one that Matt Reese is. Reese's that like pehibaye? No, that's peach palm, uh, pifayo. Agua. Uh, aguaje is Marisha flexosa, I think is the name. And it's just this, off the tree, off the palm, it's savory. It kind of looks like a dinosaur egg, if you can imagine that, or like like snake skin on the outside, almost like salak a little bit. Yeah. But it's like a creamy, savory flavor. No way. That they usually will dip in salt or something, or just eat plain. And but, I, but I love salak. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. This is nothing like that, but it looks <laughs> like from the outside the same. Got it. Yeah. When you said it, snaky, so yeah. different. It's such an interesting fruit, and that's I think that's their largest consumed fruit in the entire Amazon. Aguaje? By the tonnage, yeah. Mm -hmm. And Matt Reese is trying to grow it? Yeah, he got a few from me, and I really, I'm like, if anyone can grow this, it's you. Yeah. Because he's got that swampy, like, back acreage, and he needs and water. And he like is, that. like, in a 9B situation, too, right? I think... 10A? I hope so, because it yeah. needs warmth. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's 10A. I think you're right. I don't know. I hope but so. He, but what I'm saying is he's on the edge. Mm -hmm. So it's so interesting. He could do so much there. Yeah. Yeah. He just has a lot of water, which this wants. So I was like, okay. you're the guy for this, you know. They'll grow They'll grow in the middle of ponds, man. Like imagine a palm emerging from the water like that. It's such At a... At Riverbend Park. <laughs> One day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we planted, just a side note, we planted a, some plants. I'm not going to say where, but over there at some place. <laughs> And people just mowed it over like perfectly nice mulberry, you know. And so I'm just learning you got to pick pick and choose your spots. That's the message. You did that a few years ago, right? I remember yeah. you like every, you remember that. What you what you had a name for it? Like a uh, like some kind of 
campaign you were doing or something okay like that. yeah probably yeah was it like the plant daily i planted a fruit was. yeah i planted a fruit tree every single day mm-hmm. yeah people were love people were like dude keep going mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a lot of fun <laughs> you know i i i remember you doing that and recently i've been more intensively stewarding some land that's wild love it and it's like covered in carrot wood brazilian pepper australian pine um elephant grass you know all the staples that take over in open spaces for right reason to kind of like, you know, inoculate that placenta one, if you will. Mm. And I'm uh, I'm carving out at those spaces the last few years and planting things there without care. And I've really learned, similar to you, what does well and what does not without human intervention, you know. And it's a big deal. It is. That, that mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. You go back in two years, you're like, wow, look at that. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, man. I wish I did this, this, and that. <laughs> right. I mulched it. <laughs> Anything in the nursery like that doesn't get water and it's okay, I've been putting there. And like, cool. you know how you'll have some stuff in shade? And like, if you have them in shade and they start leaning for the sun, it means that they like, they don't want to be in shade because they're looking for the sun like this. They start like careening either way. Right. And then there's some that will grow erect, like straight up, right under a tree. And I'm like, those are the ones I want that don't need water. They'll grow like that because they can handle the understory temporarily. So I've been like really looking at that, those fine details of like what wants to be where and trying to plant out this edge. Because if you can imagine like a 300 foot edge of elephant grass, right? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, Napier grass. Yeah. Running like that. And every year it creeps further and further into this field of like five acres, all wild land. And so I've been like carving out the elephant grass, like, you know, a 10 foot radius and planting the tree and mulching it heavy with that grass and like visiting it maybe once a month to cut the grass again around it. But it's been it's been going, man. Like I've been putting natives cool. back there, fruit trees, you know, trying to like extend that edge. If the edge is already creeping out, I'm going to plant trees. So then it keeps on going and I can just keep planting trees. That's amazing. Yeah. The dude, gorilla planting, mm-hmm. the blessings of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're giving by giving, by the way, guys, we're just doing we're just planting the earth. No one's paying us to do it. Mm-hmm. Like who does that? Mm-hmm. But I think I don't know my lesson. I want to hear what you what you've learned from it, bro. It's like contributing just to the land without any expectations. Mm. It just, it gives back so much more. Like people bring me plants that next week or whatever, like contribution, you Mm. know? Yeah. The, I always say the payments aren't solely in financial ways. Right. So, um, I like to say it's like God pays me first. So that's what Beautiful. I, that's my main concern is just being in right relationship because everything flows from there, you know? Wow. So talk about that, dude. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, it's so easy in the world to become uh, obsessed about making the dollar and like getting stingy and kind of, you know, just getting in that way of like cycling in. And I go there sometimes I catch myself I'm like, damn, like I can't stop thinking about this and obsessing about that way to try and like, you know, make things work. And then I relax and let it flow. And like, you know, I have my people that ask me for help here and there and I always help. It's like always opening the door. Mm-hmm. Um, like you were saying, like that flow really starts to open up and then people start calling you, like you said, like, hey, I got this for you, I got this for you. And it just starts coming in and like in a way that's just amazing. Wow. You know, so. Thanks for bringing that up, dude. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't want to talk about God or whatever. <laughs> but it's like, dude, the more you like, like that's the only thing that matters. You know, you impress, you impress God. You're out here, mm. you know, serving him. Mm-hmm. God is of abundance, not of scarcity. 100%. Don't you think? I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's strange how it's become almost like, um, I, I'd say like almost like God's like almost a four-letter word. It's a three-letter word, but you know what I'm saying? Like, 
people are afraid mm. to say it. It's like the G word. Right. And I think that comes to maybe potentially like some mm, self-awareness patterns of like, you know, mm. feeling like, <laughs> oh shit, I'm in trouble, you know? Yeah. But yeah, like the plants really helped <laughs> me with that relationship, man. Like, you know, in that spiritual mm. way, like kind of reassessing, you know? Yeah, that's a beautiful way to put it. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to uh, get into it if you don't want, but I want, like, I know you've had uh, experience where you almost like passed. I've had ex- like near death experiences too. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about that? Did that like bring on like be- belief in something, you know? Mm. Yeah. The, the story is that I had a tetanus shot when I was 19. I had stepped on a nail. I was at a restaurant I was working at and like was in the back parking lot. And I, ooh. <laughs> you can really hear that bass. That floor tom. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I stepped on a nail and, um, I got a tetanus shot and shortly thereafter I developed a nerve disease called Guillain-Barre, which is, uh, was pretty rare. I think it's gaining popularity from the recent, um, experience we've been going through the last few years. And it's a demyelinating ascending, uh, paralysis that starts around the feet usually and like comes up the whole body in like a wave and will take you out, you know? So the myelin sheath, if you're aware, is like that protective, um, element around each nerve and what this does, it's um, it's a process where your body destroys that, so you have no protection over the nerves. So in one, in some cases, you'll feel like numbness or like not feel much, and in other cases, you'll feel numbness with like lightning and fire neuropathy. So I was in the latter, and um, yeah, it was it was quite a life changing experience. Like within a few days, you know, I was wow. out, unable to move, and I was at Bethesda Hospital for forty eight days. My insurance stopped covering me. So it was kind of like the American nightmare, you know? Wow. In a lot of ways, at least in the medical sense. And so from there, um, I got signed out and I had like a million dollar hospital bill at 19 years old. (sighs) And um, I learned how to walk again at home, you know, like with my friends, like helped me walk down the street. Wow. You learned how to walk again. How old were you? 19. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's a miracle, right? And so, like, there's a, a guy, if you don't know him, I, f- I highly suggest you listen to him. Maybe you can have him on the podcast. His name is Stephen Jenkinson. And so he speaks about having that, like, second chance. I remember you telling me about him. And and with that second chance, it's like the the debt in your whole... For me, I feel this really intensely. It's like there's this, like, repayment or, like, this mending of the hole that you came back in from, right? And so it's like everything you're doing is that payment towards the gratitude of like your your chance to be here again the hole you came back in from mm-hmm. mending that yeah and so like the you know the goodness that you set forth mm-hmm. the things you plant in both ways and like the people you help and your general altitude like changes drastically right like after something like that big time mm-hmm. yeah man mm-hmm. and maybe that's why we ended up here talking about <laughs> this out of it, all the things we could talk about mm-hmm. yeah. ralph thank you bro yeah that's a miracle mm-hmm. yeah it kind of for me it, it ended up being like a like a perspective shift, you know, from that point on. There was definitely, obviously, some bitterness in the beginning of mm. being in that, like in the hospital room. If you had come in and be like, don't you feel grateful? I'd yeah. be like, get the <laughs> yeah. here, you know? It was an instant enlightenment. No, 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 no. Exactly. No, no. Thank no, you for no, mentioning no, that. No, it was painful, man. It was yeah. very, very intense. So, But through that process, you know, um, I was shown the compassion to have for people who are suffering. You know, it's like tremendous. And so, you know, looking back, I always give great gratitude. And I visit the hospital when I can to see those nurses and the, the um, therapist that took care of me because it was those people, the nurses in particular, the therapist that wow. really like tended to me in a loving, like, like motherly way 
where like sometimes the docs would come in with a clipboard and not even look at me and be like mm. pain level one through ten <laughs> and i'd be like i would just scream you know i wanted to wow. kill him it was and like so, idiocracy right so, yeah, you yeah. Know? and so looking back like that the way that they interact with the patient affects the patient in of your course. Healing, of course like of course. that i even have to say that is is very indicative mm. of the issue that we're in right mm. like the the problems of the time so you know those people that you know maybe didn't have the, the doctor training had way more healing effect on me just by the way they touched me the way they looked at me mm. spoke to me you know so how do you bring that into your work today and thank you for sharing that ralph mm. Yeah, I mean, it's infused into everything that I do. It's inseparable. I mean, yeah. you know, the reason I got into plant work, especially herbalism and, you know, making remedies and helping people is because of what I went through and mm -hmm. kind of seeking um, another way, you know. And it's not to say that the hospitals don't have a place. Of course they do. You know, it's. I think we're in a time where things become so black and white and right. binary. It's like... It saves people all the time. Yeah, all this, you know, this, sure. there's, a, there's a time and place for it. But for general upkeep and maintenance of yeah. the organism, you know, yeah. we have to we have to learn the basics again, you know, as human beings. The and basics. What our grandparents all knew, what our great-grandparents all knew to do to take care of each other at the home, mm. you know. Hol holistic healing. Yeah, holistic healing and just like, you know, this was, you know, farmers knew how to do this. You know, my pe yeah. my teachers in Peru don't have maybe past a third or fourth grade education and they're like, they, I would consider them to be doctors. Yeah. By the plants wow. they know how to use and the, the therapies they know how to because, work on. Right. They know the antiseptic stuff. All of it. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. COVID didn't even touch them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They all That's got so sick, but they all got better. Talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> because the solution is always the same. You know, it's yeah, like or, or, the line is that for every illness on the planet, there's there's a plant to help it. And I, I really do feel like that's the truth. Mm. Seeing some serious cases down there of people very, very sick and like coming on, coming around, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting, man. Yeah. And you make like tinctures and stuff that you sell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have. Um, Is it like e-commerce or? Yeah. You know, we do some stuff through cool. right now. It's through. um what I've been doing for years is just through my own Remember Plants Instagram, you know, just people asking me and then I'll post it here and that. I'm not the best at self-promotion uh, yeah. when it comes to that. <laughs> it was grassroots. Yeah, super grassroots. And then people reach out to me like, yo, I have this going on. I'd be like, okay, let me think and I'll connect with you. And then we do a consult. That's usually the way I'll do it is people write me. I'll send them an intake form that's like, you know, several pages long of questions and things to be listed out so I can really read into the situation very well, energetically, physically, and so on. And then I'll call them in like a week and give them a walkthrough of everything I found, and then some plants, if not plants, therapies, if not supplements, and so on, lifestyle changes that they should, I suggest, because I can't prescribe, you gotta be careful with the language. To consider. To consider, exactly. And so from there, then, you know, the tinctures might come in, or teas, baths, okay. go watch a sunrise, you know, yeah, <laughs> simple things, <laughs> prescribing beauty, or suggesting. Um, and okay. so, yeah, and then besides that, we have a little collaboration going on, too, um, with my friends, David and Maria. Uh, they grew some beautiful, incredible um, hemp flower. And we've been blending that with the plants that I harvest or procure. And so we've been making some blends, and they're really, really beautiful, like really Ooh, good. That mm -hmm. sounds amazing. Yeah. And you're going to grab some of that tobacco later. Please. To make some medicine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. That'd be great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've never, yeah. All these plants have so many uses. It's amazing. You know, we mm -hmm. we stigmatize them. Like tobacco, every time I bring up tobacco, we're like, oh, what is that? You know? <laughs> Meanwhile, we grew it for, you know, they're still growing it all over the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it's a uh, pest repellent. Mm -hmm. Like people have used it in like barns, like getting rid of pests. So mm -hmm. 
Yeah. It's all yeah, do you want to talk on it a little? Ooh, that can be the whole podcast. Yeah. Beginning just to talk about tobacco. Do an episode on each plant. Oh my god. So yeah, tobacco I was raised the same as what you were saying in the sense that, you know, seeing the billboards like cancer, cancer, quit smoking, you know, there's all these these campaigns and so I, I was raised really afraid of that plant, especially because my family members smoke cigarettes. And I was like, you know, I would take them and hide them, throw them away, like um, mm, really, yeah. really, really, really scared. Bad for relationship with it. Totally. And so then I head to Peru, you know, first time like around 2012. And I started looking at the people, especially my, my dear friend, right? Working with it, in a, in working with it. Okay, let's just start there, like working with it. And I was like, okay, and like, you know, he would have it in his hands, in his mouth. And using the smoke to cleanse you talk about pest repellent well imagine us also having pests yeah and so it's like it works on the humans as well both with the smoke and the consumption of it and even just having it on you as like almost like mm, uh, let's say like a protective amulet kind of energy you know because tobacco is so strong you know so things don't like that the things that don't like it are the things you don't like either Mm kind of like that and so <laughs> that's I, so true. Dude. Yeah, it's hard and, to hear that, though. <laughs> so I started working with it w- because of him. And, you know, I really, really changed my life. I really did. Wow. And, uh, you know, it is a beautiful one. You, f- mm-hmm. it, it, When it runs through you, I've done like hape, is it called? Mm-hmm. It is. It is cleansing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Different association I grew up with. Totally. Right? Yeah. I mean, even just the realm of it being related to cancer, you know, it's ironic to me because down there they use it to treat cancer. No way. Yeah. They use tobacco to. So treat- what's all these studies? So is it just overconsumption or we've mm. corrupted the how we process it? There's definitely a sort of like bastardization that's taken place. The chemicals are endless mm. that they put with it. Right. And then mm-hmm. also just like the way it was marketed as like away from its original instructions is the way I would say, which is everything, you know? So like, what was it originally for? Like, how do they originally use it? And how do they use it even still today? You know, this is still going on, of course. So you have like, you know, the Chanupa of North America, the tobacco pipe used in relations uh, in a good way. Um, Down south, you have Mapacho, which is used to cleanse and to connect and offerings, pray and so on. Mm. And so it's like there's a there's a reverence woven in that's just so important. Reverence. And, you know, of course, they sometimes just smoke. And even when they're just smoking, there's still like a respect of what they're doing. They're very aware of it, you know. So, yeah, it's it can also hurt you. I mean, the plant can straight up kill you down there if you drink it without guidance. Mm. It'll stop your heart. So it's like a very, and because it's a plant that can kill you, it has a lot of power. And because it has power, it can help you or not. So it's like really about how it's being wielded, you know. So true. Mm -hmm. Ralph, I love talking to you about this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we could relate so much on, like, for example, people here in America, like adults, kids, any age group will sometimes see, like, they'll be in a garden. They'll be like, oh, you could just eat this. They think they could just eat anything. Like, what do you, like, because like you said, the guidance mm. is so important. Mm-hmm. It's like, I feel like we're lacking that so much in our society today mm. with plants and all these things. Like, have you noticed that at all? And like, like teachers, I'll be with teachers in a garden and they'll be wanting to eat, you know, elderberry <laughs> stalks, you know. Essentially, it feels like it comes down to like a crisis in education, you know. Mm-hmm. Just even going, I reference Peru a lot because so much happened for me down there. But being in the Amazon and in Iquitos and like being with my friends' kids who were three years old, 
four years old, walking me through the rainforest, barefoot, showing me every single plant. They were your guide. They were my first guides were children down there for sure. <laughs> That's Absolutely. so humbling. Eight-year-old climbing a tree, forty feet up, harvesting a bu, caimito, filling five-gallon buckets. You know. So then coming back here and just like seeing it's nothing. Like, like it's nothing. No fear. It's just the way they grow up, you know. Yeah. It's another world, and you know, right. it has its pluses and its minuses, of course. Mm-hmm. But in in the way that you're saying, um, yeah, it's kind of like uh, that line that's like, you know, it's just a plant. People say that about a lot of different mm-hmm. things, even if it's cannabis or something else. But there are mm-hmm. just plants that can also stop you from living, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, so that's right. They want to put everything in their mouths because it's in a garden, but there's a. It's not just a plant. No. And it's that, its own deal, each thing. Each thing. Just like you said with the elderberry. You're talking about the elderberry stems, how they're poisonous, but the berries aren't, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you have to, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have to process it. Yeah, like take that little that little piece of plant material off the, the berry. And I'm just saying anything. You know, eating gallardia, like putting it in their salad. Like, no, no, like learning these things. Right. We A crisis in education. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, imagine, like we were speaking before we started recording, and just like, being a child learning about where you live it sounds so ridiculous that it's mm-hmm. not happening and it is to some degree beginning to take place you know you've been in the school system teaching and building beds over there and i see mm-hmm. that and other people are doing that kind of work you know i think dylan terry does some of that with um, his business but yeah we got a lot of work to do mm-hmm. i mean you're never bored are you dude never <laughs> I, see, I see yeah my younger brother like their whole their whole age group or whatever just whoever they're telling me they're bored mm-hmm how the hell are you bored bro <laughs> are you awake i don't even watch news or any of it mm-hmm. and i can't i can't stop being in awe mm-hmm. and yeah constant mm-hmm. awe every night i'm looking up at the star stars and the moon and you know <laughs> i think that's yeah that stuff's important man mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. even in the cities you know i grew, i was born in manhattan i don't wow. know if you knew that i was raised in in New York for the first nine years of my life. Wow. So sometimes I go back there and I see the city and it's amazing how much, you know, how much goodness is growing through the sidewalk cracks. I don't know if you've seen that in Chicago recently, but... Goodness. Like this, the dandelion, the plantain, the mugwort. Oh, interesting. Um, there's so much medicine in I the city. I saw plantain all over the... Yeah, mm-hmm. we were eating mulberries in the mm-hmm. park. and mm-hmm. So it's there. It's mm-hmm. just, it's got to be found and kind of remembered, you know. Thank you, bro. Yeah. Yeah, that's... There's goodness there. That is so true, man. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people, I mean, there's million, billions yeah. of people in cities, so it's like sometimes I feel like in the world of like, you know, talking about these things living life holistically, whatever, whatever, people can um, accrue a sort of shame of where they live because they're like in an apartment in the city. But uh, honestly, like so much goodness Mm. can be still obviously cultivated in that way just by going out and recognizing that they're on the earth still below the the concrete, you know? Of course. Of course. If they zoom out, like they're still not on a planet, you know? It's like, come on. Man, it's all perspective, right? Yeah, learning about where you are. Learning about where we are. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds crazy. Yeah, but that's where it begins. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I used to take the camera out at every turning second, and I mm-hmm. I don't do it as much as I used to. It's really for special occasions, which is nice, you know. Like that's like, great. Yeah. So like down there, I shoot. I've been shooting a lot and just documenting the tradition and like what they do, you know, and really helping to bring that back here eventually by publishing it. But really, also documenting down there primarily to leave an offering for their children and grandchildren because the interest level in like what their grandparents know 
isn't always there. And so, you know, that wisdom is in a way leaving. And so it's an offering for that. Yeah. For so them. like one day when they do wake up to the fact like, oh, my grandpa knew a lot. And so like I want to have a lot of that document. Mm. I do audio recordings like this and I do some video, but a lot of audio and a lot of journaling and a lot of photography. Beautiful. Documenting. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love it, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is a balance. Some people like I was just at my brother's wedding, just the, taking out the camera all the time and not being there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But like that's beautiful. You're doing that and capturing that. Mm. Yeah, no, it really, it, it fills me with a lot of joy. And then you know, I'll get home some weeks later, develop the film, and send him through WhatsApp all the pictures. And he's like, he's really impressed. I like, he likes them a lot. Cool. Because like you know, beautiful black and white. They look like they're hundreds of years old. You know, and um, they live in such a way where I've been shooting primarily black and white down there because it's so green, right? It's like it's so green in the Amazon that when you shoot color, it's kind of like. It doesn't pop, you know what I mean? Yeah, but the I've black seen and video white, in the Amazon. The black and white really makes it pop, like in a way that's just so incredible. Like kind of like, you ever see that film, Embrace of the Serpent? No. Oh, have you seen that? Yeah, I'll check it out. You should see it. It's okay. all in black and white, and I, f- I think it is at least. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the whole thing's in black and white. The way they filmed it, it's beautiful. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'll check it out. And it's film, you're, so you're doing film down there film photography yeah very cool yeah there's an art to being even just bringing a camera down there like i had you know i had a canon down there and i have a film coming there for years because it's humid dude the humidity i you know michael you don't know this guy there's a kiwi camera in orlando he's like the patron saint of all things camera related and he um i'd bring my cameras to him when i lived in orlando a lot and when i came back from peru once there was a fungus that had begun eating the glass of the lens like the actual glass elements <laughs> and a fungus was eating. He's like, I've never seen this in my whole life. He's been wow. doing cameras for, I don't know, 40, 50 years. Wow. Yeah. A fungus on the lens of the camera. On the lens, <laughs> in the glass. So then, yeah, so I stopped bringing digital stuff for the most part. And then like now I have, you know, a dry bag with silica packs and like I really am attentive where before I would just let it hang out. And then I'd be like, my, my film wouldn't even wind. It would jam from the humidity, expanding the film. So like things down there don't last, you know? But there's a beauty to it, right? Mm. There's a beauty to it. And it's like the things that do last. last. Exactly. <laughs> Their scale of impermanence is so um, <laughs> it's so real. <laughs> and, you know, it's just like, imagine mm. we lived in Florida without AC. Right. It would be the same thing here. This, That's like what came none to mind. Of, none of this would be okay. <laughs> yeah. You know? So they're, you know, even their homes, like when they, you know, they don't keep upkeep a casita, these little houses, like for one or two people. Within a few months, the Amazon takes it over. And the jungle grows through the floors and grows through the roofs. And like, it literally, I'll, I'll send you some photos. It's some of the most amazingly wild yeah. things. Like imagine Florida taking over a home that yeah. had the roof cave in, you know? So The same thing would happen here. Totally. Mm. Yeah, nature persists, man. <laughs> no, <laughs> no matter how climate control we got it. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So what do you, what do you think about like civilizations living in the Amazon? Like, <laughs> Pastizations being wiped out is that a thing like oh yeah it definitely happened i mean there's various stages to that having taken place and you know even continuing right now for sure and with you know the different threats that are going Mm. on mostly from what i witnessed personally the lumber exploitation is pretty bad man you know you'll be um near the entrance of the city Mm. or even on like the main highway going through where i'm at and you'll see trees the width of this room on trucks Mm. you know Cute 500-year-old yeah. trees, 800-year-old trees. Mahogany stuff. Like, Mahogany, yeah, some of that. Um, what are the trees? Uh, Lupuna, Seba Patandra, 
some mahogany for sure. And they're just encroaching so, on these so absolutely. These and tribes. They'll they'll poach them. They so they go on lands that aren't theirs and cut them down, man. And it's like mafia. I've heard of that? It's mafia level stuff. It's pretty crazy. It is. That's very real, you know. And then you also have like land grabbing going on down there where people like uh, organized. It's essentially organized crime, you know, where like they go through and have people squat on your land and take it with arms you know like armed robbery like, of your land like and they, you don't come back mm, they threaten to kill you you know yeah. and it's really wild it's happening and you know there's stories about it being connected with different groups and it's it's pretty intense so like my where i go there's no police they they police themselves um for better or for worse yeah. and so you know when i was there I mean, last year wow. they heard chainsaws that weren't theirs and they ran over to the area they heard them in and there was a neighbor that had sold a piece of their land to some random people who didn't know better. No way. Yeah, and they were cutting all the trees down to put a chakra, put a farm. And so it's like this happens all the time down there. Wow. So it's like, but in their style, you know, policing in their own way, they don't have to wait for anyone. The guy just punched him in the face and it was over. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And he's like, don't ever come back here. Yeah. And so it's like the, it's kind of like wild, wild west in, in a way. And I've noticed, you know, there's a, there's benefits to it being like that, and then there's also it's like a lot more on your shoulders and, and on your back, you know. Yeah, and yeah, I've heard of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting, man, and honestly, awful. Like that's their mm -hmm. land. They, you mm -hmm. know, it's happening to the tribes in Africa, the Hadza tribes mm -hmm. being encroached on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's from exploiting the land too. Mm -hmm. It's like it makes it even worse. Bro. Mm -hmm. Yeah, looking for gold. I know gold digging happens a lot in areas of the Andes. Yeah, which is terrible, man. Like what they do to get to the gold, like they'll poison rivers, detonating mm. the earth, blowing it up. It's like really crazy. And so everything downstream of that, all the fish die. It's like, yeah, you know, there's definitely reasons, endless reasons to be upset about things. Yeah, exactly, sure. bro. But what do know, we focus on, Ralph? Tell I mean, people. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm just playing. By the way, I asked you about civil old. I meant to say ancient civilizations, okay. Okay. but but thank you for bringing that up because I mean, it had to be. Brought yeah, up. it's funny. We were watching some of that Graham Hancock series on Netflix yeah. last night. It's really amazing, and I th I think he goes to Peru in, a, in one of those series. Potentially, I haven't seen it yet. But yeah, down there, you know, it's similar to Florida. Imagine, you know, what we have here at the Shell Mountains. Like, we don't have like temples around florida so to speak like they do in mexico or in egypt and things like that right um the structures of what once were in the amazon get eaten by the jungle you know and if they were made from stone then those edifices are still around but they're deep in man and so there are stories you know like i have friends that have been days and days and days into areas where if you can counter the tribes they just kill you and that's how they protect themselves. They just spear you, like no questions asked. They don't yes. even, you know, if they if you didn't come with one of them, they kill you. Like if they see you, if they see you, you're done. You know. Wow. And so he was on the brink of those areas and encountering um, these stone pieces with art on them that were super old. You know. So there's there's things there that are like, you know, showing evidence of some super old experiences down there. And one of one of our dear friends says that the Amazon rainforest is the how to say it? It's like the nucleus of which, when we go through these cataclysmic changes, you know, ice mm -hmm. ages and so on, giant earth floods, the earth, the earth completely comes to a standstill, except for the Amazon, and then replenishes both, you know, flora and fauna from there again. So it's like you can kind of see it as this undulating, and yeah, exactly, like this this thing that goes like this breathing system that starts from there and goes out. And personally, thinking about it, it makes sense from like, you know, the Amazon of South America, and then we have, you know, the Amazons of 
Asia, Africa, and so on, like these centers of mm-hmm. such incredible biodiversity that held on, you know, mm-hmm. and then they kind of like expand and contract from those points. It really made me think. Interesting. And, right, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I haven't explored like super ancient civilizations yeah. down there. You know, my time has not been focusing on that too much, but they are, cool. you, you can feel it for sure. You know, Man, that's so interesting. <laughs> you can feel it. Oh, yeah. I bet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I feel it in Florida sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, like absolutely. Atlantis, whatever you want to say, like mm-hmm. just people before us mm-hmm. living here. I think that um, it, it feels to me that Florida is the uppermost reach of the Amazon. I've yeah. always said that, and it feels like... I love that you said that, bro. I love that. It really feels true to me, and I, I brought it up to someone. Actually, I did bring it up to him. He brought it up to me, and I've never heard anyone else tell me that. Um, he's Who? A, uh, his name's um, Richard, and I can't remember his last name right now, but he owns a nursery in Boyan, um, probably the best native plant nursery ever, but he's like... Sick. Yeah. I have called, to check it out. It's called Mesozoic. Okay. Um, he's kind of close to the public, so he's like a special, yeah. special one. But he—that's he what happens. It's the uh, evolution. <laughs> he told me that, um, yeah, he's like we're in the we're in the Florida Amazon, in, in the we're in the Caribbean, essentially in South Florida. And I looked at him, I was like, that's what I yeah. always say, wow. because we have this crossover of these species and genera that literally stretch down all the way south and come all the way up here. I mean, even just looking at our staple crop cross selection is the same. It's the exact same, right? Wow. So then, what to say about that? And the peoples were trading. And moving these plants north and south forever, you know. All up in that. That's why, yeah. And it's interesting. Yeah, who knows? Not to. Yeah, we could go super <laughs> deep, but I think the same stuff. And I'm glad we're talking about that. Like Puerto Rico, you go there, and you're like, mm. it, uh, do you ever go like Costa Rica or Puerto Rico or any of these places? You know, Michelle's Puerto Rican, and we really need to go there. And Yo. I have some friends that we've developed some relationships through Instagram and stuff, and I really do want to check it out. I have Get If I flight? go there, I don't think I would come back, you know? Wow, I mean, yeah. What you can grow, it's yeah. like the little Amazon, man. It's like, what, Zone 11 or something like that? Zone it 12? is so chill, too. Mm-hmm. But they have this beautiful rainforest called the Junque. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's rainforest. On the east, right? It's an actual mm-hmm. rainforest. Yeah, it's like southeast. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. But there's a bunch of permaculture down there, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It feels weird talking about permaculture with you. Why? <laughs> or using that word because ev- it is so much deeper than, although all respect to Bill Mawson and his stuff. <laughs> but, but yeah, do you know what I mean? It's like what I, is meant to be mm-hmm. working with nature and not against it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a given to you and I, but not to corporate America. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, if they could see the dollar signs coming from, I think they would latch onto the systems theory. Um, yeah, I do too. You know, I mean, if if <laughs> so, you had, if applied to business, it makes sense and how to observe, you know, see the flow, stacking functions, all these things work economically as well, from what I understand at least. Exactly. Um, but yeah, you know. So why are we doing it the other way? Why are we <laughs> being separate? I don't know. All of it. <laughs> call your call your bank. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, the the words get. The, it looks like we moved through fads in the, the gardening, uh, agricultural scene, moved through fads with different fads. names and things like that. Yeah, and then people yeah. get upset with this one and that one. It's like, okay. at the end of the day, man, it's like pick up a shovel and just start getting to work. You know? I love that. Learn, bro. figure it out on your land and observe it. Pick up a shovel and get to work. Yeah, it's like because we can theorize until we're blue in the face, but what's the point if you're not actually doing something? Yeah. And <laughs> so beyond that, to say that, that you obser- know something. And observing the plants observing the plants mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i think that was isn't that rule one isn't no that rule, way, yeah. what's rule one is like 
make a harvest, I think. Rule so one eat. is there are no rules. <laughs> oh, God. Fight <laughs> <laughs> club. What are the principles? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so anyways, Rob, it's been amazing having you, man. I wish we could do this all day. Mm-hmm. I guess, like, one thing I was thinking about on the way here is, like, after because sometimes sometimes people will connect my story of like how i got sick to then going to the amazon as if it, like it was like one day after the other it was a process of many years of like discovery you know it went from like learning how to cook at home and like getting into the whole food rabbit hole of like learning different preparations you know i went into the vegan world i started getting out of the vegan world i worked in you know different scenarios of within food and then seeing like oh i can grow plants and then how to bring those plants into the kitchen so it's been like you know, 10, 12 years longer of learning and forming this like lifestyle, you know? And I think that's what it comes down to is like people are looking for like the, mm-hmm. the magic pill or like the way to go. Mm-hmm. And it, I think the biggest thing I've gleaned, if you, if you could say so about like being down in Peru and even meeting my teachers in Florida is like living, you know, because people will get so obsessed about the information mm-hmm. and so anxious about the, um, the way of collecting and collecting and collecting and they don't actually apply because they're like obsessed with collecting and i've been there i know this feeling very well and i catch myself sometimes in it too even still but it's like you know actually you see it in them because you see it in yourself of that's course, what you're saying of course and so like actually caught up with the information mm-hmm. though. yeah it's like obsession with like you know even listening to podcasts and like yeah. getting <laughs> obsessed with trying to like catch everything and it's like then what do you do you know, you still gotta, you still gotta do your thing all you day. You still gotta live, right? And so it's like how to apply. That's what I'm seeing in, in my own life is like I have to apply what I've learned mm-hmm. and actually live it. You know, like Brother, spend time in the garden. That's so good. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that because that is not just a nugget. That's the whole thing, man. Mm. Like pick up a shovel, let's get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> the bottom line. And then you develop it. Like like you said, your journey was you went. From vegan to, to just learning just learning how to use ingredients in the kitchen and, and what are these things? Even cooking, what, man. I mean, how many people our age aren't even preparing meals? Yeah, man. And I know that, you know, like, oh, I work 9 to 5. I get that. I understand. But, like, any kind of small efforts make huge changes. So it's, like, the it's so easy in this day and age to get overwhelmed with what to do yeah. because it's, like, oh, I'm being I have to pressured. do all my meal plans and do it right now. Right. Yeah. Being pressured by influencers left and right to, like, mm. live this, like, you know, minimalist, you know, zero, uh, what is it, carbon footprint. footprint thing. And it's just, like, it's yeah, so bro. unrealistic. It's, like, we have to be, in, in some way, if we're, like, leading and helping others, guiding them in a realistic way because it can get so um it's almost like manipulative in a way because it's like yeah live like this live like this then we leave and we like we do everything the opposite opposing what we just said andy by the way shout out andy (laughs) andy (laughs) ferg yeah right always shout out to andy yeah he's he's like yeah man you're better he's like man let's all go get burritos after this Mm -hmm. like just joking you Mm -hmm. know like Mm -hmm. but like that's the that's what uh that's what you're talking about bro Mm -hmm. like applying it Mm. applying it and little but little but little changes and not being overwhelmed by oh i have to do it all right now mm-hmm. but like hey taking all these mangoes that are everywhere <laughs> and dehydrating it and having a badass snack for two months and mm-hmm. or whatever mm. but that's so beautiful man <laughs> yeah so uh yeah ralph you're a special person man it, and uh yeah thanks for coming on is there anything else you want to share with the world before mm. we leave yeah, I want to say thank you. 
to everyone that uh, has supported me along the way and continues to, and you know, to my family for putting up with the thousand potted plants that I litter every property with that we have. <laughs> you know, just you know, the gratitude and the patience that people have had with me in learning and mm. getting to where I'm at and where I'm going, and the benefit of or the the desire to have benefit to others. Man, I really help. You know, an ailing world kind of bring some relief if I can. Thank you, bro. Mm. Thank you, Jay. Mm -hmm. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time.